Hello, musical theatre fans. Welcome to the Mayor of Musical Theatre podcast. My name is Ian Boquette, and every week I ask special guests from the world of musical theatre and beyond all about their favourite musicals. And for some reason, I pretend to be a mayor while doing this. When I started this podcast, I was really hoping to one day get the chance to interview an Elphaba or a Glinda, and today, two dreams came true in one. Or make that three, because beyond her wonderful work as witches, Louise Dearman is a true star of the stage and fantastic human being to boot, an absolute dream guest. If you're quick, you can even see her live in a gala concert production of a brand new musical called At Last It's Summer at the London Palladium. This show has seemingly come out of nowhere and shot straight to one of our most prestigious stages, so it has to be something really special. This performance is on April 16th, and you can get tickets now by heading to lwtheatres.co.uk. This podcast is produced in association with Musical Theatre Review, currently celebrating its 10th anniversary as your premier source of news reviews and interviews on all things onstage, backstage and worldwide. Check them out at musicaltheatrereview.com and on Twitter at at musicaltheatrer. You can also follow this show on the socials at at MusicalMarePod. Quick word of warning about this episode, I recorded my end of the conversation at my workplace, which is a school, during lunch hour, the loudest of all the hours. So if you hear kids screaming in the background, that's what that is. Uh, Louise didn't let it phase her though, she is a total pro throughout and such a delight to chat to. Now, let's learn more about the musical theatre favourites of the absolute West End legend that is Louise Dearman. Debbie Does Dallas is definitely not a romantic musical. Welcome to the Mayor of Musical Theatre podcast. I am composer, reviewer, photographer and now podcaster slash fake mayor Ian Boquette. But I am far less worthy of the title of Mayor of Musical Theatre than my guest today. When it comes to West End royalty, of course we look to the people who have played Alphabet, people who have played Glinda. But what about someone who has played both. Surely an absolute goddess of theatre. That's right. It's the one and only Louise Dearman, singer, actor, recording artist, author. And now she's starring in a London Palladium concert production of a brand new musical called At Last It's Summer. Louise, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Pleasure. That was a lovely intro. I don't think I've ever been called a goddess before. That's very nice. Thank you. <laughs> well, I mean, two witches. You multiply a witch by a witch. I think you get a goddess. That's mythology, <laughs> isn't it? So the new musical it's called at last it's summer it's at mm. the london palladium so a brand new musical going straight into a gala concert the people behind it must have a lot of faith in it, it must be exciting it's really exciting it's always really lovely to be a part of something new because mm. you feel like you can really get stuck in and be a part of the creative process and experiment with the character so that's always really thrilling um yeah and to be a part of something that's like you say it's first big performance is at the prestigious London Palladium yeah you know and we have Larry Blank who's on the orchestrations um conducting the full orchestra and a phenomenal cast it's that in itself drew me in and then of course I had to read the script to make sure I wanted to be a part of it and it's fantastic it's a wonderfully witty I mean I flew through the script and that doesn't always happen trust me I flew through it I listened through the music which is incredibly catchy some of it's so beautiful um 
and that yeah I was I absolutely wanted to be a part of it and really looking forward to being in the room I haven't started official rehearsals yet I've done two of my own rehearsals um with our musical director Jack and uh with our director Ian Talbot as well um but I haven't been in the room with the cast we haven't started yet so I, I cannot I cannot wait for that I'm really looking forward to meeting everybody and getting stuck into this fabulous piece well I think it's the first time I've seen the name of the writer Clive Richard Davis and um, so yeah. it's entirely new how can how would you mm. describe his writing his composing style it's a real it feels really fresh and really new to me it's definitely got this flavor of from what I believe and listen if I've got any of these details really wrong forgive me but from what I gather it's kind of set 1950s and reflects on things that happened maybe 1920s and it's got that lovely period style to it um, my music, which is the stuff that I've obviously heard and been rehearsing, is beautiful. I get to sing in my soprano voice and then I get to sing in this almost kind of jazzy bandy vibe as well, which is just glorious. I sing a fabulous number called Confession. Mm. And it's really difficult to explain this piece without giving anything away because I don't know if you're coming to watch it, but there are so many rapid twists and turns that you do not see coming and there are numerous times that that happens it's like sorry what and where who did what with what and who and Mm. it's uh it's just brilliant and the audience I think will definitely absolutely be with us and um and the number that I do reflects on something that happened many, many moons ago. I play Lady Serena Stanick, okay. um, who is married to Lord Stanick, a.k.a. Barty. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I say, I don't want to give a lot away, but something that she confesses to that many people are very shocked by um, actually means that what can then happen because of that confession is a wonderfully positive thing. Um so yeah, that's really cryptic. I totally get it. But uh, oh, I love it. Yeah, it's beautiful. The mu- the music with the orchestra. I cannot wait to hear it. It's it's going to sound sumptuous and really take you back to a place um, and draw you into the whole story. Fantastic! It sounds a great blend between doing something new and exciting with lots of things you don't expect. But if it's big orchestrations, I mean that's something you don't get enough in new musicals these days. Big sounding orchestras, big classic sounding songs. Oh, absolutely not. It just doesn't happen. And so to be able to hear that and to be performing on stage with a full orchestra is unheard of. I'm very fortunate in that when I do my concert work, Mm. um, I get to sing with orchestras all the time. But to sing a full piece and tell a full story with that orchestra on stage, um, it's going to be glorious, really glorious. And the voices that we have, my goodness me. In this yeah. cast. Well, you mentioned um, like Gary Wilmot, Joanna Riding. It's absolute legends yeah. up there. Uh, what's yeah. Have you had much interaction with them yet? Not at all. Oh, okay. Exciting. None at all. I mean, I've met these people over the years, but I've never worked with Gary or Joanna Riding. But, you know, we, we've got such a wonderful, wonderful cast of people. And to be in the room, just like I said earlier, exploring and and bringing out these characters in our own way it'd be brilliant and I think I'm going to be kind of fangirling quite a bit in that room I think it's going to be a little bit embarrassing I either won't know what to say or will completely just uh just be gobbledygook <laughs> well that, that's reassuring but I'm sure by the time the show comes around you'll be well rehearsed and it'll all be perfect Exactly, exactly. We're already on it. I'm already learning everything. Like I say, I've had my own rehearsals, but it'll be lovely to get in the room with everybody else. Well, um, speaking of fangirling, speaking of legends, the other day I was talking to Georgina Onora on this podcast, who is starring in oh, Oklahoma at the West End. Yeah. Um, and I asked her one of the questions I do, which is what made you fall in love with musical theatre? And her answer was your album. 
Um, was it? Stop it. Yeah, she got into musical theatre listening to you singing Sending the Clowns. And no. She, and you're the reason we have a bright, shining star on the West End. And she must be one of many who's been inspired by you. I mean, Wicked itself has got so many young fans. There must be so many people who have got into musical theatre because of you. I have to be honest, I don't know if it's just me, but that kind of hearing that blows my mind a bit because I don't know. I think I, I know what that was like when I was a younger performer and getting into musical theatre. And for me, it was people like Lindsay Haightley, who yeah. I was on stage with when I was 12 years old. So looking up to her, wow. you know, I, I wanted to, I aspired to be just like her and be on stage in a big professional show in the West End. And Ruthie Henshaw, who is now I can call a friend, it's just nuts. Um, so that is a that is amazing to hear. That's <laughs> such a boost because I, I feel sometimes um, like... Uh, I haven't done obviously a big musical for quite a few years now. Lots of my work, like I say, is with orchestras and recording and all of that kind of thing. So that's mm. so lovely to hear. So thank you for sharing that. No, of course. As you say, you're doing a lot of concerts at the moment, which are always really exciting events. What do you find the demographics there are like? Is it lots of people who know you from Wicked or people who got into you through your recording career? A huge mixed bag of people. Um, if I do something, for example, like the BBC Proms or some of those big, slightly more classical concerts, the orchestras themselves definitely have a huge following. So I've gained a lovely fan base from working with the orchestras yeah. um, or from doing the proms for many, many years. Um, and then I have my my hardcore fan base who are still so supportive. Some of them from, you know, way back when. We're talking Jekyll and Hyde days. Oh, nice. And then lots from Wicked. I definitely gathered my biggest um, most loyal fan base from being in Wicked. Um, and and those people come to watch many, many of the concerts I do, which is so, so lovely that they've stuck around. Um, I'm very, very grateful that they still they still come out and travel everywhere to come and see me. It's, it's lovely. Uh, well, speaking of getting younger people into the musical theatre, was there a specific show which you first fell in love with, which first got you into musical theatre in general? Well, do you know, my first... I would say the biggest influence on me uh, was Joseph and his amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Which, of course, you got to be in quite early on, right? I was in it when I was 12. As I was saying earlier about meeting Lindsay Haightley and working with her, um, I was in a, a school choir okay. and we auditioned to be in the show. And the first time we auditioned, we didn't get in. Mm. And the second time we auditioned, we got through. And so I spent a few glorious months on stage at the London Palladium funny enough, oh, wow. um, being in Joseph. Oh, it's incredible. And and also Joseph was my first professional job straight out of college. I played the narrator on the UK tour. Um, so that was the kind of the first time I got a real taste of what it would be like to be in a full scale production in London's West End, to be amongst these sensationally talented people, you know, the likes of Anna Jane Casey, oh, wow. you know, Lindsay Haightley, just uh, Nick Colicos, all these brilliant, brilliant people who I still see and work with now. Um, that really inspired me. I mean, it definitely left its stamp. And I think that was the time that I, I went home after I'd finished that job and I missed it so much. And I said to my parents, that's what I want to do. That's what I'm striving for. I'm going to work wow. really hard. And uh, so that was the first year, I think the first musical that really inspired me. And then I think the first one I actually saw, I believe, was Cats. Oh, another really the, interesting one. the then New London Theatre, which again, I couldn't, believe that these people could dance the way they could dance and sing the way they could sing and, and be these cats it was just mind-blowing um so that was another one that was uh definitely left its mark 
left its paw. I love it. <laughs> Were your family theatre people who were taking you to these shows or was this your initiative? You really got into it yourself and, and pushed that direction? Definitely my my right. thing. My family are not musical. They're not mass. If, I think if it wasn't for me, they wouldn't really be into theatre at all. Oh. Um, it was simply that I danced from a very young age and that progressed to singing lessons and acting lessons and and then my interest in musical theatre was sparked and they would take me to see a couple of shows. But my um, theatre school would also take us to see productions in London and on tour. And so it absolutely just came from me. Goodness knows where I got the performing bug from, because it definitely wasn't from my parents. <laughs> yeah, so I suppose it's, it's quite serendipitous that you did discover these things. Do you think there's another version of you in a different dimension where you got into another career? Is there Was there anything else as a child that inspired you? Probably numerous versions of me. Um, mm-hmm. I just think is I just, I remember there never being anything else I want to do. Like genuinely, I know that's a bit of a cheesy thing to say, but I just think... I mean, listen, I loved, as a kid, I loved and still love animals now. So I guess it's that thing. I think a lot of children say, I want to be a vet or I want to work in a zoo and I want to look after animals. But actually, I think from a really young age, I just wanted to perform. I didn't didn't kind of know in which field, whether it was I want to be in films or I want to be a pop star or I want to write music or I didn't know what it was going to be, but I just knew I wanted to be involved in the entertainment industry. There was no other option for me. I remember my careers teachers at school saying, don't do it. Basically saying, there isn't a career there for you. It will be really hard. You probably won't work. And I get why they're saying that because it's a tough industry. I kind of really want to go back and say, don't knock people's dreams. (laughs) Like I had no other option in my head. So I'm really, really pleased I, I pushed and pursued. You must get people coming up to you now who are early in their career. Is that the advice you give them to to push through? And because, as you say, it can be a hard, hard industry. Yeah, definitely. I'm a really kind of, I'm a pragmatic person. I, you know, I'm really honest with myself. I'm not the kind of person that would have, even as a kid, said I can play any role I want. I just wasn't, I've never been that person. Mm. I believe in looking for what you truly believe is right for you. And I'm not just talking physically. I'm just talking like where where your voice sits, what kind of a person you are, what kind of an actor you are. Um, But the biggest thing that I say is, you know, yes, work hard, push for your dreams, make it happen. Like that Mm. is a thing, you know, you can absolutely make it happen. It might not be in the exact route that you imagined, But maybe there's another way um, to get there, but just get there. And I would just also say, never stop learning, never stop absorbing. Just take everything in and don't ever think that you're done with your training. Because even now, now that that I'm in my 40s, I've had to almost not retrain my voice, but rediscover it. And, um, you know, find new ways to work it, different ways to look after it, different ways to warm up. Hmm. things change you know and you have to just keep adapting as an actor and a singer so that's another thing that I just say just keep working constantly no you're right I suppose it's like any industry you get into you have to learn new things all the time why should Mm -hmm. acting be any different your body changes your voice changes of course you have to adapt exactly well you mentioned some great musicals earlier things like Joseph and Cats really catchy songs in them is there one musical score that always gets stuck in your head it changes all the time I have to say depending what kind of mood I'm in and I don't often play musical theatre at home but if I'm in a certain mood and I just fancy if I fancy going back in time and listening to a bit of 
Starlight Express. That gets stuck in my head a lot, you know. Another Lloyd Webber. But that's, again, I used to just, I used to ride around on my roller skates in my cul-de-sac <laughs> and me and my friend Gillian would just take it in turns to play Pearl. And we knew every single word of every song. So again, I think from being a kid and being in training and being pretty obsessed with that musical, that randomly comes out an awful lot. The ones that you listen to obsessively as a kid, they bubble up decades later, yeah. don't they? I think people probably expect me to come out with these big dramatic belty ballads when in fact it's, you know, a bit of Starlight Express. Uh, you said you mostly don't listen to musical theatre just around the house. Are there any artists that you're listening to a lot at the moment from the world of pop or jazz or anything? Oh, honestly, it changes daily. Sometimes I stick classic FM on. Sometimes I pop on like a relaxed pop. But I love everything from, you know, Rihanna, Ed Sheeran. Um, I love all the old school kind of R&B. And I love Etta James, Whitney Houston, Aretha Franklin, Tina Turner, Luther Vandross. Can't argue with any of these. Take That. Oh, incredible. I mean... It's like shove every genre you can possibly find into a bowl and mix it around and take your pick. <laughs> I just love music. And it's the same when it comes to singing. Sometimes I think, I don't know what my voice is. I don't know how I would describe it because I love experimenting with different sounds and different styles. And I think that's, you know, been a great added bonus for me in my career because it's meant that I can jump into all sorts of different roles and singing all sorts of different styles. I suppose your album Here Comes the Sun had a lot of different pop songs on. As you say, you have lots of different styles that you can sing. You have a love of a great range of music. How did you decide on the songs you'd put into that album? That was really tough, actually, because I knew that I wanted it to be an album that didn't have any musical theatre on. I just wanted to do something a bit different for me, mm. for people to maybe hear my voice in a different way, see me in a different light. And that was obviously really tough. My manager, Rebecca, at the time, um, you know, sadly, she's not with us anymore, but she had a very long career in the record industry uh, looking after, you know, people like Robbie Williams and Barbara Streisand. Wow. And so she really knew her stuff. And so she threw so many ideas my way from artists that I probably wouldn't have really thought of recorded, you know, Annie Lennox, Alison Moyet. Um, and so I wanted it to be contemporary music with a theatrical feel. That's what I kind of said to Ben Robbins, my producer. I said, I still want it to have drama and strings and I want to be able to really sing out in some of this music. I don't want it to just be like a, a sort of very laid back um, album where I didn't really get to use my voice and my range. Um, so deciding on the songs, honestly, we probably recorded a good three songs that didn't end up on the album. Because in my head, they sounded like they'd be great ideas, but actually recording them, they didn't feel right. So it took a little while. And I was also playing Glinda at the time. So That's a lot my of work. priority was, yeah, the priority was the show. Of course. So I had to kind of just dip in and out of the studio as and when I felt like I could. And I could mm -hmm. still go on that night and do a show. Um, but it's my favourite album. I absolutely love that album. Um, just the arrangements on there. It's, as you say, it's got a theatrical side to all of these pop songs. Yeah. So if you're really into musical theatre, it's a way of discovering all these great artists from throughout history. I think so. And I think if you just enjoy a voice, especially I think, you know, back in the day when I was starting out in musical theatre, it's very much, if you were into musicals, you listen to musical theatre artists. Yeah. 
and it was kind of absolutely diving into that world and just being in it. Whereas now, so many, you know, up and coming musical theatre actors are definitely crossing over mm. into that contemporary world as well. And just like I keep saying, exploring their voices and singing in different styles, because that's as exciting for us yeah. as it is for our fans. You know, they might love hearing us sing the big, powerful, legit musical theatre ballads, but it's exciting for them to hear the other stuff as well. Well, speaking of the contemporary musical theatre landscape, are there any shows currently in the West End or currently in London that you really love? Oh, that's really hard because it just, I don't get to see as much as I would like to. But I think the last show that I saw that really I was sat absolutely buzzing in my seat because I'd wanted to see it for so long Mm. and I'd been listening to the cast recording for ages was Hamilton. And I was thinking to myself, please don't be disappointed. Please don't be disappointed. And as soon as the music hit, as soon as it started, my knees were like bouncing up and down. I was so excited. (laughs) My partner was with me going, what is going on here? Like, you're never like this. Um, But there's loads I want to see. I want to go see Sylvia at the Old Vic. And there's just so much that I desperately want to get out and see. Um, it's it's finding the time and also just getting out to support friends. I can't wait to go and see Aspects of Love with my one of my best friends, Laura Pitt-Polford, starring in it. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to going to see that as well. No, you're right about Hamilton. It's one of the few shows that's come along where before anyone had gone to see it, they'd probably listen to the cast recording over and over mm. again. So it's like going yeah. to see your favourite band and suddenly seeing exactly. live for the first time. It's it has that proper rock concert energy. I loved it. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. And and I like I say, people probably wouldn't expect this of me, but you know, I was I always have been actually really into my kind of R and B and hip hop, sort of sort of grew up listening to, and just love it's just that music just I just find so exciting. And to have that merged with musical theatre and such a brilliant story is uh yeah, I was yeah absolutely blown away by it I loved it it's a great show so what musical has made you laugh the most oh god that's a good question I'm trying to think I'm trying to think what has really made me belly laugh that's tough I think the most if I talk about something that's a show that I was just in that I just found not so much laughed at the most but found so much joy in yeah and had such a brilliant time with guys and dolls Oh, that must be so fun just to get to dress up and, and enjoy it's yourself. brilliant. And when I played Sarah Brown, that's another musical I've played both the female leads in, Sarah Brown and Miss Adelaide, mm. on different occasions and different productions. Yeah. But when I played Sarah Brown, the whole scene in Havana um, was just such good fun. And although I'm not laughing when I'm performing it, in the rehearsals, it was just crazy funny. Um, and also playing Miss Adelaide, who's just this such a, a sweet soul, who's like your best friend that you can always rely on. She was she was really good fun to play. But also um, when I did the show in London at the Piccadilly Theatre, it was such a tight company, a really close cast. We were genuinely like a family. Um, and it was one of my favourite times because in the dressing room, I've not laughed so much ever and we would always all be there in the wings watching what was going on on stage and being like this support and making each other laugh and lifting each other up. So in terms of maybe not laughing in the obvious way, but in terms of just being joyous, that's another show I have to see at the bridge. Um, the new adapted, beautiful version of Guys and Dolls with yeah. Celinda in it. Oh my goodness, I need to go and see that. I can't wait. I haven't seen that one yet either and I need to get down your right. I mean, it's doing something interesting and new with it. It's making it immersive. It's making it, I can't imagine, as you say, 
if you had fun being in it on stage, just being an audience member in that environment must be lovely. Oh, I'm de- I definitely want a ticket on the floor, just standing yes. and feeling like you're amongst it. Maybe I feel like I'm in the cast again. <laughs> but Guys and Dolls, if I had to, if I had to choose, would be my favourite musical. I just feel like it's just got, it's got everything that you'd want from a musical. It's you know, you laugh, you cry, the the choreography, no matter who's choreographed it, it's just got that kind of energy, that <laughs> power behind it, the music. The, the soaring score, I love it. Really selling. I'm really selling Guys and Dolls, aren't I? <laughs> no, that's good. People can buy a ticket to that and at last it's summer. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. So um, there's been a lot of great musicals and Guys and Dolls. Definitely a great choice for best musical. But what about best movie musical? Ooh. Okay, I'm just going to say the first thing that pops into my head and that's Grease. Oh, that's so much fun. So much fun. I mean... I can't tell you how many times I've watched that movie. Was that a teenage thing or is it just all through your life? Yeah, mainly like when I was younger, just like knew every every single word to every song. And then I got to be in the stage show, the stage production of it. Incredible. Years later. And also Dirty Dancing. Oh, of course. That's another one. And uh, the fact that I got to be, just going back to Guys and Dolls again, got mm. to be in that show with Patrick Swayze himself was pretty phenomenal. I mean, that's got to be teenage dreams come true, hasn't it? That's Absolutely. Couldn't believe my luck. Wow. Well, speaking of movies, I have to ask, are you excited about the Wicked movie adaptation that's coming out soon? So excited. And do you know what I love? I have no idea what to expect. Mm. And I just think that's so exciting. Yeah, it's one of those that you watch on stage and you come up with some ideas of how maybe you could do it on screen, but you think, oh, it could never be as powerful. It can never be as good. But clearly a lot of people have some great ideas and they're putting together something that's going to be amazing. I just can't wait to see how they do it. Oh, I can't wait. When is it due out? I don't even know. Um, they just started filming yeah so they're filming at the moment um in pinewood i think and i think it's end of 2024 they're saying wow so it's going to be a lot of editing a lot it's going to be a technical film i think oh i love it i i'm so looking forward to that i mean i haven't had the call yet to Mm. play um 21st student from the left (laughs) (laughs) they've got to they've got to have cameos of every legendary alpha surely surely surely. no it's exciting yeah i can't wait to see it and my goodness me the lead cast are going to be phenomenal absolutely so what's a musical that people might not expect you to like something that people might be surprised to learn you love like maybe a guilty pleasure or something that goes against your personality oh goodness me I think like I said earlier people probably wouldn't expect me to say something like Hamilton because I think people wouldn't Hmm. I mean I don't know how I mean people who know me would obviously know what I what music I like and what my personality is like but I think people who've seen me just, you know, at the proms or singing some legit powerful musical mm-hmm. theatre probably wouldn't expect me to be, you know, getting down and dancing to Hamilton. But, uh, you know, and also, the like I said earlier, the real old school stuff that got me into musical theatre, the Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals, you, you yeah. know, Starlight Express is one that absolutely... It, again, just brings joy. It just makes me happy. Just reminds me of skating round. And years later, I was in a show with my friend who was in Starlight Express and I was begging her to teach me how to skate. And that was a disaster oh, no. because I really couldn't. I bought the boots and everything, but um, yeah, we left that alone. Oh, I hope there's video footage of that somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely not. And if there was, I would destroy it. <laughs> yeah, other than, I mean, Starlight Express is one that people can be a little bit snobby about sometimes, but yeah. it's such, as you say, it's such fun. I just think there is room out there for everything. And like I said earlier, there is just not one style. 
yeah. of music I like. There is not one style of musical theatre that I like. Mm. I want to go and watch so many different things and be taken to a different world each and every time and, and come out of the theatre feeling something different. And I just think, you know, there is room for everything. There is room for every type of performer and there is room for every type of musical. And lots of these musicals are linked to like I said earlier, to me growing up and wanting to be in shows or me growing up and doing dance lessons and singing lessons. I mean, of course, it, you know, Les Mis was up there in terms of, wow, there is a musical to strive to be in. Mm. Um, but it's just all about balance, isn't it? And, and also all about, as an actor, just wanting to play as many different roles as possible and not just get, you know, pigeonholed into one genre, one type of... Uh, role so yeah. oh I'm not snobby at all I'm like it makes me happy I mean listen I don't walk around my house sticking on Starlight Express every day I'm just saying that if yeah. I hear that music it takes me back to a time that was really lovely and happy and exciting beautifully put I couldn't agree more but there is a question which is is there a musical that other people really love that you don't quite understand for whatever reason it doesn't have to be a musical you hate just one that other people are obsessed with that you don't necessarily connect with goodness me that's tough I don't think so because again I mean also I <laughs> just want to be really careful because maybe sure. I'm actually not going to say what it was but I went to watch something that had a lot of hype surrounding it sure. and I was really like my goodness me and I, and I didn't want to look into it too much because I thought I kind of just want to turn up and yeah. be entertained and the cast were phenomenal but I didn't really get I didn't get why people were quite so obsessed by it it, just because purely it wasn't that it wasn't great music it wasn't that it wasn't a great cast or performances I just it didn't sit with me I walked out thinking yeah. great performers I enjoyed myself but I kind of didn't get the hype so and I'm not going to say what that was that, absolutely I'm fair enough to offend. Um, <laughs> no, fair but there's enough. nothing wrong with that I certainly don't expect people to come and watch me and everything and a love everything about the show I'm in and b love everything that I do yeah that's not that's not reality. And I completely accept that. Um, there's been so many times I've been in things and mainly friends who aren't in the industry will come and watch and be like, you were brilliant. And I was like, you hated the show, didn't you? And they're like, oh. mm, yeah, I didn't really get it. You know, so it's, mm. it, you know, there's supporting somebody and there's being honest. And I wasn't really my cup of tea. And that is fine. Oh, definitely. And it's often the shows which do divide opinion a bit where some, it doesn't connect with some people and does connect with other people that are the more successful yeah. shows because they're doing something Absolutely. really interesting. Absolutely. So this is Louise Dearman. I just wanted to drop in here and say that you can follow Louise on all of the socials. It's at Louise Dearman on Twitter and at Louise Dearman official on Instagram and TikTok. You can also follow this podcast at at Musical Pod. And finally, if all this chat about At Last It Summer has got you all excited about the upcoming concert and the, a brand new musical, remember to check out lwtheatres.co.uk for tickets and to be among the very first to see it. It's so, so exciting. Now, let's get back to the chat. What do you think is the most romantic musical? Do you consider yourself a romantic, sentimental sort of person? I think I'm quite a romantic person. Um, it's not something that I'm constantly doing, but I think when the time comes, I step it up and I like, to, I like small gestures that mean a lot rather than big flamboyant 
romantic gestures. Um, a musical, which is the most romantic. There are a lot of great love stories in musicals. There are. And I'm just trying to, what's that thing? You know, when people ask you a question and you can't remember a single thing, oh, like people yeah. say, what's one of your favourite songs? I'm like, can't remember any songs. <laughs> Have I heard a song before? Yeah. Romantic musical. Oh my goodness me. Well, there's so many, aren't there? I mean, if you look at, I'm trying to pick through the musicals that I've been in. Would it be Debbie Does Dallas the musical? <laughs> Which I saw on your CV. Okay. <laughs> Debbie Does Dallas that I did at the Edinburgh Fringe is definitely not a romantic musical, <laughs> but my goodness me, if you want a laugh on a date, that is a musical to break the ice, shall we say. <laughs> um, I think it also depends what kind of person you're either going out for a date with or you're with because what one person might find romantic somebody might think that Les Miserables is a very romantic musical um because of some of like the characters and the stories there but other people might go good it's not it's you know it's so dark There's at times death, and it's yes. so not romantic I want something that's kind of you know Mamma Mia is a really fun musical but of course there's a, a you know the romantic element in it there is in Guys and Dolls does have it and um mm. at last it's summer definitely has it that's good to hear um genuinely because there's like i said earlier not to give too much away yeah but there are a couple of relationships going on that are just genuine passionate romantic destined to be and then there's a bit of a twist whereby that can no longer happen and then another twist whereby it can happen and it can blossom and it can go ahead so it, that's definitely a romantic musical. Um, and in terms of my character as well, yeah. her marriage is not one full of passion and romance. And, you know, she loves her husband, but I don't think she's particularly in love with him. Is you know, it's but something that happened years ago that sparked that romantic side of her. There's always that longing for that feeling. Mm. Um so yeah, there's a lot of romantic in Our Last It Summer. Incredible. So everyone buy tickets right now. Well, you have to because it's one time only. That's so if you want to come and see it, you need to really grab your ticket. You can't go, oh, I'll go and see it later in the run. You can't. <laughs> they they must be doing it again. There's so much work that's going into it. They've got such a great cast behind it. I'm sure they'll exactly. be doing something. Well, of course, this is the plan. Mm. Like you don't just do something like this on such a huge scale without having thought of putting it on elsewhere or doing something with it. So I really hope so. Well, fingers crossed. Well, speaking of missing out on musicals, is there a musical which you haven't seen, which you think you should see? Like, is there a classic which for some reason has passed you by? Uh, oh, I've seen all the classics um, over the years. But like I said earlier, I want to go and see, I want to go and see New Work. I want to go and see Sylvia mm. at the Old Vic. That looks incredible. Yeah, I want to go and see, this isn't new musical theatre, but I want to go and see Aspects of Love, like I said earlier, because my friend's in it. Yeah, um, yeah there's, there's lots that I just want to get out there and and make time to see because I life gets so busy and I think when you work in the industry sometimes you can kind of put off uh spending your free time back in a theater but to sit on the other side of it and just to sit and be entertained and see new work is wonderful so I I absolutely need to do that and uh get booking some tickets 100% which musicals fictional world would you most like to live in um, this is a difficult question. I, th I think a lot of people have actually answered Oz to this one and you've spent a lot of time in Oz yourself. Would you like to live there though? Um, I think it's this, obviously this fantastic fantasy world, but it, I, I guess it depends what kind of, whether it's me, Louise Dearman living there, mm. wouldn't fit in there, would be a bit, little bit weird. Gosh, that's a really good question. 
again, I'm trying to think back about musicals that I've seen and them being a fictional world and would I like to live in them? I mean, honestly, Guys and Dolls, the way you were describing it earlier, that sounds like one that would be so much fun to live every day. Absolutely. I mean, to be around, to just to nip to the hot box, mm. to go out for a little drink and be amongst that kind of energy. Oh. As long as people are dancing around the streets, because if it's just <laughs> like, if they're not dancing and singing at the same time, I'm not interested. <laughs> if you were to direct a radical restaging of a classic musical, which would you choose? Are there any musicals which you think would be interesting to update in a modern way? I think I would be terrible at directing. <laughs> really? Because you've been in so yes. many productions, you must have learned a thing or two. Well, I like being directed and I like collaborating with directors and finding that. But I think in terms of me taking something on and directing it, that is not my forte. That is not my thing. So A, I wouldn't dare direct. I'll leave that to the experts and the people who are damn good at their job but um I always find it really really interesting when you see the kind of older musicals brought back and given this whole new flavor yeah because honestly I think these people are are geniuses because I would never like Oklahoma is another one that I haven't seen this new production yet I love it it's so good I find it even just looking at the clips that I've seen and even just looking at the photos outside the front of the theatre, I find it so intriguing and interesting to think, well, I know the original musical, Mm. but how has this been done? So that's another one that I absolutely need to see. And it's brilliant because it's absolutely taking something that everybody thinks that they know and just twisting it and opening it up to a whole new audience and making it accessible to everybody. Those people who love the original, hopefully then embrace this new version. Mm. And people that maybe don't really know the original can go and start enjoying that music and that story. I think it's absolutely genius. I would never have the brain capacity to think up these ideas and I certainly won't be directing anytime <laughs> soon. Well, you say that about directing. On on your um, brilliant album of lullabies, you, you wrote a song for that. You You are expanding out into other areas. I did, but writing a song feels very different to directing. Um, I think it's, I think I underestimate a director's job sometimes. Mm. Well, I don't underestimate it. I know that they are superb at what they do. And especially having worked with some brilliant directors over the years who really bring the very best out in you. But I just think, how do they come up with these ideas? And how do you even begin to, this is hard enough taking on one character and delving into that character and discovering it solely over time and in rehearsals and um, finding your way with it, then having to really know in a lot of detail every single character and every single character's journey and telling that story so that absolutely everybody understands it and can follow it and enjoy it. That is some talent. Absolutely. And especially when it's a sort of director who does reinterpret the work, trying to make yeah. a Rodgers and Hammerstein relevant to a modern audience. That's mm-hmm. that's a level of creativity, which is, it, you know, it's up there easily with composers, with writers, with everyone yeah. else. And also trying to stay true to the essence of the piece and not yeah. to completely destroy it is really, I guess, it, it, it's such a difficult thing to do to make sure that you're not completely tearing it apart, mm. but keeping... You know, it's like with me with music. Yeah. If I do a slightly new version of something, I don't want to disrespect how it was an origin how it was originally intended to 
to sound and often if I'm you know uh, these days I think lots of artists in musicals play with the melody a little bit might make it a little bit more poppy but I think there has to be a place that you start where you're absolutely true to what is written and then you can sort of like um bend a little bit with your bend it a little bit with your interpretation but you always have to start absolutely with how that composer how that lyricist wrote it um so that's a that's a really tricky one to make sure that you're that the audience is hopefully like like I was saying earlier that come back to see these musicals that love the originals mm. you know don't want to be going well is they've destroyed it you know <laughs> they've completely ripped it apart well, speaking of destroying musicals, obviously casting directors are getting really adventurous and experimental with casting now. Do you think you could ever be tempted back to Wicked as a Fiero, as a wizard? As a Morrible. Oh, that would be incredible. Give me time. I'll be there. <laughs> I will be there. I, hopefully, you know, not quite yet, but um, absolutely. Give me, give me a few years and I'd love that. I genuinely would love... When I went back into the musical, into Wicked the second time, it yeah. was like going home. You know, I spent two years of my life as Glinda and to then have that 10 months off and then go back with a team that I adored and a theatre that I loved and that brilliant, brilliant show. So, yeah, I need to make it a triple whammy, don't I? A hundred percent. And I don't think that musical's going anywhere anytime soon. So it be better fine. not be. Well, the big final question. If you were the mayor of musical theatre, if you had that power... Which show would you order to be staged forever so you can go see it whenever you want and in which venue? <gasps> That's really hard because I've told you all <laughs> along that it depends what mood I'm in. <laughs> oh yep. my goodness me. It's what an impossible it one. It is really impossible. I, I've honestly got a, so many musicals running through my head right now. Well, what I really want, I really want a return of the rep theatre. I've just had like a Sondheim rep theatre where they do all of Sondheim's work one after the other. Yes. That sort of thing would be amazing because you're right, I'm always in a different mood. That, but yeah, you do, you do, I think, tend to kind of lean towards a certain composer and, mm. oh, that would be wonderful, actually. Yeah, so that you can just always get your fix. Yes, exactly. You know, that. always get your fix of that or have like um, musicals of the... 50s or musicals of the 70s or musicals of the 90s and just have that mm. kind of vibe as well I couldn't pick one I honestly couldn't because that's fair there are just so many that even things like Blood Brothers you know yeah that's, that's a musical show. that doesn't matter I love its simplicity as well you yeah. know I love that it's so simple and even the sets the costumes everything never had to particularly be judged up but mm. the story is so brilliant so funny so heartbreaking my gosh that it doesn't matter how many times I've seen that show over the years because friends have been in it or whatnot I'm broken by the end of it absolutely broken um but that's maybe not a musical to keep on that I can see all the time at any venue because I don't want to be broken every day. <laughs> yeah, but yeah I think your that. idea of rep theatre brilliant brilliant idea I'm stealing that yeah as much as I love these huge productions like Wicked with all the budget I don't mind seeing a lower budget production if I means I can get to see more musicals. Listen, again, for me, it's balance. Yeah. I love seeing something in a little intimate setting that's mm. just so, so simple um, and that you can almost like feel the breath of the actor and that you're so close. But then I love going and sitting and seeing a full uh, scale production as well. So it is all about balance. And we're very lucky that we've got all the choice in the world in London at the moment. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's been really lovely to chat. Pleasure. And you too. Thank you.
That was Louise Dearman. Really enjoyed chatting to Louise. She was a wonderful guest and a delightful, delightful person. Remember to check out lwtheatres.co.uk for tickets to At Last It's Summer on April 16th. And also follow Louise at at Louise Dearman on Twitter and at Louise Dearman Official on Instagram and TikTok. While you're online, you can also check out musicaltheatrereview.com for all the latest news, reviews and interviews on everything on stage, backstage and worldwide, as well as follow them on Twitter at at musicaltheatre Thank you again for listening. Please do tell your friends, leave reviews and all that sort of thing. All of your support is hugely appreciated. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Check back next week for more musical theatre chat. Bye. 